born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. As we look at things today, and you hear there's a, a, a groundswell, we need to get back to the Constitution, back to the Bill of Rights, back. Well, I would agree we need to restore those things, but the problem is what kind of a philosophy in America caused us to leave it? If you don't know what caused the people to leave such wonderful documents, why go back? And how do you know when you're back? Because, you see, Those documents were designed for people of the Christian faith that wants to do right. And do we want our freedom so we can do wrong or do we want our freedom so that we can do right? Or do you believe that God's people need to get things right between them and God? And if we did that, we would vote for the right people and yes, then we can get back. But right now, people don't have a clue what back is. They don't even know what the Constitution says or the Bill of Rights. So they don't know where they come from because it's not taught in the schools anymore. So they don't know what the other. Most people believe that your rights are whatever the government says they are. Anything wrong with that? Your rights are what God says they are. So today we have people want to fight for their rights. No, fight for your responsibilities. What are your responsibility between you and God? Then you know what your rights are. Uh, my rights is so that I can fulfill my God-given responsibilities. If I don't have any responsibilities, I don't need any rights. So that's why you have people today that are fighting for their rights, but they don't want any responsibility. True. They want, but they don't want responsibility. So... If I know the Lord and love the Lord, then I know God tells me how I'm supposed to live. So I want laws in the land that gives me and sets an environment for a good way of living. I, I want laws that protects that. And when it comes to my wife or my children, I want the freedom to fulfill my God given responsibilities. And if I have that and fulfill that, well, the nation will be blessed. But see, today we don't have people who want to get right with the Lord. They don't want to do right by their wives or their husbands or their children. So therefore, what do you need freedom for? And so the longer we live, we want and need more laws to be passed to make people do for me 
because I refuse to do it for myself. So then the tendency is to vote for the person who promises to do the most for you. True? Yeah. But anyway, Thomas Jefferson. You ever heard of him? Somebody said, who is that? This is what he said. If a nation expects to be ignorant and free, it is a state of civilization, in a state of civilization, it expects that which never was and never will be. You cannot be ignorant and free. This is why there's a dumbing down in America. This is why they're not teaching children how to read, write, relate, record, and research, all of them. They're not teaching that. They're just teaching socialism, what your rights are, getting along with everybody. No responsibility, no consequences for disobedience, and it destroys America. But he also says here that the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. It is its natural manure. But when the people are too ignorant to recognize a tyrant, there is no hope. I think we're there. When the people in America cannot recognize a tyrant, a person who usurps the authority of his office and seeks to destroy the very foundation of this country, and the people don't seem to understand or realize it. So it says in Proverbs 28, too, look at Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs. Right after the book of Palms. Proverbs chapter 28. Look at this one verse. Verse 26. Where he says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Uh, That's similar to the one that you find over there in the book of uh, Jeremiah that says, it is not within man that walketh to direct his steps. But what I wanted you to see is verse 2. Look in verse 2 of Proverbs chapter 28. Verse 2 says, For the transgression of a land, many are the princes thereof. But by a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof shall be prolonged. You see, good people in place of leadership can preserve and prolong a nation. Wicked people, wicked laws require many people to enforce the laws. So the more rebellious people are, the more they have to do. And having more people make them obey. Because you see, it's either imposed discipline or self-discipline. When you teach people how to have self-discipline, you don't have to impose it. But when you don't have self-discipline, you can't control yourself and do right on your own, then somebody has to make you do it. And then whatever is right is what the majority say is right. So everybody loses their freedom. Just a matter of time. But I love that verse, the state shall be prolonged. See, we all know that everything we have down here is just temporary. Our lives are temporary, but we can prolong our lives by doing right. Our marriages may not last forever, but we can prolong by doing right. And a church can come and go. 
And it's not forever down here. But it can be prolonged if we do what's right. Otherwise, God may have to turn out our lights. But when it comes to the nation, it can be prolonged. A lot of great nations only lasted about how long? A couple hundred years? So, we have been blessed because I guess maybe we have a few more good people. It's almost like living in Sodom and Gomorrah, but God not discerning yet because there's at least ten righteous people here. We don't have many. But I do believe that God's judgment is upon this nation. And we're seeing the consequences of bad decisions. So here is another statement by a John Adams. John Adams says, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. That's awesome. And Ben Franklin says, They that can give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserves neither liberty nor safety. Only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. That's what Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 2 is talking about. When there's great transgression, then you've got to have to have more laws made and more people in government. So government grows and grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And that's where we are. George Washington, you may not have heard of him, but he was uh, instrumental in the founding of this nation. He was our first president, by the way. You know, a lot of these things, they don't even teach it in school anymore. I don't know how I know. I didn't finish myself. But you know, by the time I got to the 10th grade, I was taught all this stuff. I was taught a lot of stuff. And we, every day, would stand up and we would do the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Anybody remember that? Anybody in here ever do that? Yeah, a lot of people used to do that. Today, no, you can't do that anymore. You can't do this. And under God, I just want to slap somebody's jaws. George Washington says, To the distinguished character of patriot, it should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of Christian. Don't let anyone be called a patriot who removes religion from politics. They said, we don't want religion in politics. Well, I want true Christianity in politics because how are you going to know what's right and wrong? It's the Lord that teaches us truth. And then we are to apply it in society. But I don't believe the church should run the state. And I don't believe the state should run the church. Patrick Henry says, I regret that I've only got one wife to send to the country. Okay, maybe he didn't say it like that. It cannot be emphasized too often or too strongly that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Patrick Henry. These are our founding fathers, you know. Well, people today say, well, you know, that's unconstitutional. That's unconstitutional. Well, wait a minute. The one who started this country didn't say it was unconstitutional. They wrote the Constitution and said this. So you ought to find out what was the intent of our founding fathers, not what you wish that they had meant. And they said, well, it's a living document. It changes. It is not a living document. It's not changeable. It's in concrete until it's voted on correctly to be changed. And that has not been done. You say, well, 
People have destroyed the Constitution. No, they haven't. It still stands as people won't go buy it. Just like the Bible. Have the people destroyed the Bible? No, just because you don't read it and don't study it and don't go buy it. It still says the same thing. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is still in the Bible. Even though people may not have known it and never heard it before. John three sixteen, it still was there. Did it still mean what it said, though? Was it still powerful, though? Was it still truth, though? Yes, this hasn't been changed. That hasn't been changed. It's that we gave it up. We surrendered because we don't do what we're supposed to do. But anyway, let me read this little statement to you. Surely by now the reader will see the points of this article. The flag, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and all of Humpty Dumpty's men cannot make us whole again unless we as individuals want to do right. Because if you want to do wrong, then you don't need that. Just do wrong. That's why people who don't want the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and to preserve our nation, that's why they change the laws as much as they can so they can have more freedom to do more sin. Isn't an abortion a sin? Having a baby out of wedlock, it's not wise. It would still be sin, but I'm glad that God forgives. I'm glad that, you know, God forgives us on all our sins. That's what we're supposed to teach. Go into all the world and teach the forgiveness of sins, that people can be forgiven. But it still doesn't justify sin. Otherwise, if you could justify the sin, sin doesn't need to be forgiven. But evidently, you can't justify sin, because sin is wrong. So you have this truth that um, we go by, do the people want to do what's right? If you want to do what's right, cannot we still do what's right? If they pass the most wicked of laws, it may cost us something, and we may lose everything we have, and then we might even lose our lives. You know, that's possible. That some of us sitting here may have our lives forfeited because of our faith. Now, I don't want to see it come to that. God forbid, I don't want that. Not that I'm afraid to die. It's just that I've never done it before and I don't want to hurt. I just want to stay around long enough to bury the rest of you because you'll need a preacher. And then after the last man on earth is dead, then I'll be ready to go. I mean, somebody's got to stay here and do the job, right? Edward Burke said this, all that is necessary for evil men to triumph is for what? Good men to do nothing. Psalms 33, 12 says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he have chosen for his own inheritance. I want you to look at this verse. We often refer to something else, but I want to refer to something else. Look in the book of uh, Psalms 127. Psalms 127. Psalms 127 is on page 663. We often talk about children are a heritage of the Lord, and happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. That means you ought to be happy because you've got a lot of kids. And what happens when that quiver gets empty? I'm not happy anymore. That's all right. Just, just be patient. Those kids will come back with a whole bunch more kids. But he says there in verse 3, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. You cannot preserve a nation unless you preserve the education of the children. So we've lost our children. 
And we're not teaching them the things that they need to know. So by the time they get older, they don't know what to believe, how to live. They don't know what to think. So if you want to save a nation, you have to go back and get those kids. But who's going to do it? The parents who have the children don't know. And so that's why they say generally if you want to preserve a nation after it's already had all of its problem, there has to be a war. And those that are true patriots and the tyrants are going to have to shed blood. Because those who believe that they're right must be willing to fight for it and die for it. And those that are not willing to take another person's life to preserve their freedom for their wife and children don't deserve the freedom. And that's why they'll lose it, because of fear. So somewhere along the line, say, we become afraid. We live by fear. But we are not to individually on our own do these things, but collectively as a body of people. But somewhere along the line, we've lost our government. And so many people don't understand that government is made up of the people that's in society. And they're supposed to go to church and learn the word and know the truth so that they can know what they're supposed to do. But our schools should teach all these things to our children. But look what it says in verse 1. Except, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I believe that as an individual, if you don't let the Lord build you, you labor in vain trying to make something out of yourself. Because if it's not for the Lord you live, then you have built your own personal life upon sand. And you're not going to be strong. You're not, you don't know the Lord. You're not going to have the character that you ought to have. It's impossible. So you can build yourself. And many people try to build themselves. But I liken it to a man who climbed the ladder for 20 years. And find that slanted against the wrong wall. Where did you go? If it's on the wrong wall and you've leaned in another direction. You've got to know the Lord and walk with the Lord. And that can help the individual. But when also, except the Lord build the house, well, it could be your own family. So your own family should be built upon the principles laid down in God's Word. But what about a nation? Except the Lord build the nation, they labor in vain trying to solve all these problems. Have you ever seen some of the stupidity of what comes out of Washington? When they're trying to figure out how to pay their bills. And going into debt, could you survive if you went into debt $17 trillion? What if you wrap your business like the government does? What if you promised all those things and didn't fulfill them? What would they do to you? But what, do they, what punishment do they get? Well, they get to be voted back in again by the same dumb people that put them there. Like I've said before. Some of those nuts that we have up there in Washington, they don't bother me as much as it does the 51% of the people that put them there. How can you change all these hearts and minds of people to make the right decision? That's when it becomes difficult. But let me just read this to you. In Psalms 33:12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. So whenever we read Psalms chapter 2, when he talks about the people imagine a vain thing. 
And they are so against God and his anointed Christ. And the Lord says that he will have them in derision. Where's another verse talks about where God says, I sought to give you counsel, but you would not listen to my counsel. And your day of calamity will come. Where's that found? And I will have you in derision and so on. Proverbs chapter 1, very good. Look at it real quick. Proverbs chapter 1, and we'll finish with this. But just so you know, God is not confused. He's not upset. Now, he gets angry, but he knows how to deal with those people that he's angry at. And, buddy, he will. But look what he says here in verse 25. He says, but ye have set at naught all my counsel, and would none of my, you wouldn't listen to me. See, God tells us as an individual how to live, and his way will work. How to run our families, how to run a church, how to do government. All these things are found in the Word of God. He said, but you wouldn't listen to me. And then he says, when your fear cometh as desolation. In other words, when your fear cometh. It means your fear is going to come. See there in verse 26, he says, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. Isn't that about where we are in America? We see the things that are coming upon the world and scared to death. You see, I really don't care that much about what's going on in the world because I don't believe as one individual I'm going to change it anyway. I have already been given a commission and that is just keep preaching the word Keep trying to win as many people as I possibly can and don't get sidetracked and all those things. Because you can get so bogged down and have a hobby horse to ride that you'll never ride the gospel horse again. Because you can absorb and take up all of your time and you're not going to solve what's going on over the Middle East. Oh, I got opinions. And every once in a while they leak out. But I do believe that just go by the book. And this is why he says in verse 28, Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. They hated knowledge. They don't want to know. This is why as you read the scriptures, you'll find it says over and over again, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, because there are just so many ignorant brethren. And God doesn't want us like that. Look up here now. This is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us, but he hates our sin. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from the Lord. But God says he loves us. He wants us to go to heaven. But to go to heaven, we can't go the way we are. We go the way we are. We sin here. We'll sin there. So God says flesh and blood cannot inherit it. You can't go the way you are. I don't care how good you try to be. You're not good enough. That's a perfect place. If you were to go to heaven right now, the way you are right now, you'd lie up there. You'd deceive up there. You'd be trying to deceive God. You'd be lying to the angels. I know a couple of men, they'd probably be chasing the angels. Now look up here. God, you can't save yourself. That's why you need a Savior. And the only way to be saved is to get a new birth. This one isn't good enough. So here is... Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin, because it separates us from him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the 
cross, came back from the dead, and he said that if we would believe it, he would give to us as a free gift everlasting life. We would be born into God's family. And he says, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. See, now I got something that I didn't have before. Now I'm a son of God. Here I'm just the son of man. I'm just a flesh birth. So God didn't do anything with this one. He gave me a new birth. And this new birth, I have a new nature. The Holy Spirit indwelling me. And now that I'm a child of God and I can't sin, can't die. That's why I'm a child of God for all eternity. But God wants me to serve Him, to walk with Him, and not to walk in the flesh. He says, do not make provision for the flesh. Why would He have to tell me not to make provision for the flesh that you may fulfill in the lust thereof? Because you still have the potential of fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Because you still have it. And it means that you as a Christian, if you make provision for the flesh and walk in the flesh and after the flesh and fulfill the works of the flesh, in somebody's eyes, you might be looked at, you can't really be saved. Look how you're living. Well, wait a minute. God's the one that says that I can do all these things. But it's not His will. So Christians can defy the will of God. Don't you know and don't you believe that God wants you as his children to live a good, godly, holy life? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you believe that? Do you? All the time? Faithfully? Wouldn't it be great if we all did everything right? But we don't. That's why God says in his word, forgiving one another. We wouldn't have to forgive one another if we didn't wrong each other, would we? And would he have to tell his disciples... By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. It ought to be automatic, but evidently it's not automatic. Just because you're married, it's automatic that you're going to get along. It's automatic that you're not going to offend each other because if you get married, you're not going to want to hurt each other. You're not going to want to say anything that would offend each other, right? I mean, after all, if they were my kids, my kids wouldn't do that. Boy, I could get sidetracked again. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here this morning, and maybe you have never understood this before, but I hope that what I've said will help you to get a grasp of it. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, see, you don't have a new birth, and you don't get to go to heaven when you die. You must be born again. You must accept Christ as your Savior. Notice I'm using the word must now. This is what you must do. You must believe that you are a sinner and that Christ died for sinners, that he paid for your sins. And if you will trust him as your Savior, he will give you everlasting life. He'll give you the free gift. Would you believe it? I'm not going to have you forward, not going to embarrass you, but right where you're sitting, if what I said made sense to you, I'd like to know it, and I'd like to have prayer for you. And I'm going to ask you if you just slip your hand in very quickly. Is there anyone that will say, yes, preacher, that made sense to me. And I will trust Christ as my Savior this morning. I want to know that I'm going to heaven when I die. And I want you to pray for me. Would you slip it up very quickly, put it right back down. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Wait just a moment. Are you sure that if you died today, you would go to heaven? If you have trusted Christ as your Savior... Do you see why, yes, you can be a child of God and be obedient, and you can be disobedient? 
But if you're disobedient, your Heavenly Father will chasten you, discipline you. He'll never cast you out and never lose you. But He may say, come on home. But if you serve the Lord, trust Him. Walk with Him. God will bless your life. Father, thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one for being here. We also pray, Lord, your wisdom. We seek your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard that faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me